0: Acts chapter 1 and beginning in verse 1. We read, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Pinkle passed from this life into the next. You may never have heard Dr. Pinkle's name before. I hadn't until this past week. But millions of children Are alive today because of him. When he set out as a doctor to tackle pediatric leukemia, pediatric leukemia had a death rate of roughly 94 to 96%. It was virtually a death sentence. But after his treatment had been developed and then implemented, the death rate went from around 94% to 4%. And today the research tower at the St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee is named after Dr. Donald Pinkle. While he was passing away though, Vladimir Putin's army was busy shelling hospitals, including a maternity hospital. And with those two men and with those two events in mind someone said this quote over time we are remembered by what we do whether putin or pinkle why because something of ourselves always bleeds into what we do and into our actions. We we cannot separate who we are from what we do. We can't separate our identities from our actions or our acts in the world. This morning we begin a series of messages in the book of Acts written around 62 AD, the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, written by Luke the Doctor. And although the book of Acts is often referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, a better name for this book would be the Acts of Jesus by the Spirit through the Apostles, even though that is one serious mouthful for us all. But look back at the way Luke sets up Acts 4 again. Look at verse 1 with me. In the first book, so that's the Gospel of Luke, O Theophilus, Theophilus likely being a recent convert to Jesus, his name means lover of God or friend of God, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Verse 2, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, whom he had chosen, apostle, meaning sent one or ambassador or envoy. Verse 3, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And so the, the gospel of Luke tells us what Jesus began to do. The book of Acts tells us what Jesus continued to do by the Holy Spirit, through the apostles in the early church. And so, since our identities bleed into our actions, the book of Acts opens for us a window into the soul of Jesus Christ. Why are we studying the book of Acts? Reason number one, we need to see more of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? Jesus. What is Jesus like? Well, read the book of Acts, see the way he acted through the apostles, and discover for yourself that he is awesome, that he is kind, that he is mighty to save, that he is loving, unstoppable, gentle, sovereign, Lord, liberator, Messiah, Christ, King, and God. But before we get carried away with that though, let's face up to the challenge that this presents us with. Because if that's who Jesus showed himself to be through the acts of the apostles, then the question for us is, is is that who Jesus is showing himself to be through us? And through our acts? And through our deeds in the world? Now no, we are not apostles. We have not seen Jesus alive with our eyes. And I won't be writing any new books of the Bible. And if I ever do, it's time to kick me out of this church. And as we work our way through Acts, we're going to encounter all sorts of apostolic responsibilities that we have nothing to do with today. But as we work our way through Acts, there should be something in all of us saying, Lord Jesus, Reveal your identity through me. Lord Jesus, show yourself to be awesome in my life. Show yourself to be loving. Show yourself to be powerful and kind and lowly and gentle in and through me and in and through my actions. Lord, bleed your identity out through my life. Why are we studying the book of Acts? Number one, we need to see more of Jesus Answer number two, the world needs to see more of Jesus through us, whether they like what they see or not. And the point of our opening passage today is really the promise that Jesus made to the apostles there in verse 8 You will be my witnesses. And today we're going to see number one, by the power of the Holy Spirit, number two, to the ends of the earth, and number three, until the end of the age you will be my witnesses number one by the power of the Holy Spirit look with me at verse 4 Luke writes and while staying with them he Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said you heard from me for John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now I quoted a pastor recently who said, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, Christians either have bad theology or no theology. And and one of the reasons that's true is because the person of the Holy Spirit can be confusing to us. Take the verses I just read, for example. Why would the apostles have to wait for anything given the last three years of their lives? They had walked with Jesus, They had ministered with Jesus. Jesus had opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He'd forgiven their abandoning of him. They'd met the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. What could they possibly need now? Well, friends, they needed to be baptized into or filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? To continue the ministry of Jesus. That's why. You see, the word baptize means immerse or dip or deluge. And the apostles, regardless of the last three years, needed to be immersed in, dipped in or deluged with the same Holy Spirit who had anointed Jesus to proclaim good news to the poor liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who were oppressed. Now it was their turn to change the world. And now it was their turn to snatch souls out of hell left and right. And the only way these fallen, fragile, fallible, even sinful men would be able to continue the ministry Of the Lord Jesus Christ would be for them to be baptized with the same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus' ministry too. It was the only way it was gonna happen. Friends, who on earth do we think we are if we think that we don't need the Holy Spirit? I don't care how intelligent you are, intelligent can't raise the dead. I don't care how many books you've read, books can't open the eyes of the blind. I don't care how much ministerial experience you've had, experience can't set the prisoners free. Only the Holy Spirit, who empowered the death-defying, blindness-reversing, captive-releasing ministry of Jesus Christ, can enable us to be of any use at all as we seek to be his witnesses in this world. I sometimes read a a little story to my girls before bed called The Big Red Tractor. And The Big Red Tractor is about these village people who show up to this field every day during plowing season, and they spend their days pushing the tractor. So some of them pull it from the front, others of them push it from behind. But one night, Farmer Dave finds the instruction book. And the instruction book says that the tractor should be able to plow the field itself. And so he finds the key, turns on the ignition, and when everyone is fast asleep, he plows the field in an entire night. And the author breaks it all down for us when he says the tractor represents the church. He says, so much of church today is human effort, human ingenuity, us trying to push things along. So we get the the most gifted speakers, the best orators, the musicians, the dancers to perform, and and business planners to, to put together business strategies for the church. But he says, when you read the Bible, the true church had a movement of its own because it's powered by the Holy Spirit, which is a lot for my girls to take in five minutes before bed. But how can we experience more of the Spirit's enabling in our lives friends here is the answer and i need you to get this one by doing the things that necessitate the spirit's power here's what i mean when we seek to be witnesses for jesus we quickly come to the realization that we are in need of a power that exceeds anything that we have in and of ourselves a preacher recently once said what's the point of receiving the comforter if you're already comfortable. What is the point in receiving the helper. If you don't need any help. Because we can drive our own cars to work. I can't. Mine got smashed in recently. Uh, we, can, we, can, we can do our own food shopping. We can go about our lives. But when we seek to be effective witnesses for Jesus. We are confronted with the reality. That we can't do it. And that more is needed and friends in that knowledge the runway is cleared for the holy spirit to come into our lives with power from on high you remember when jesus commanded the disciples to make their way across the sea of galilee he said off you go and jesus went up high in the mountain to pray And as Jesus was praying for the disciples, or as Jesus was praying, he could see the disciples making uh, headway painfully on the Sea of Galilee. And so he came to them in the fourth watch of the night, and he said to them, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Friends, that is the book of Acts. That is our lives. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he's praying for us. And as we seek to make headway painfully against the waves and against the winds that come crashing against us, as we seek to live for Jesus in the world, Jesus comes to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he says, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he enables us to do what he has called us to do, and to be what he's called us to be, and to say what he's called us to say. Friends, maybe it's been a really long time since. You've experienced that power in your life and you're asking yourself, where do I even begin with all of this? Can I give you one answer? My recommendation would be this, start on your knees. Why? Because meaningful prayer is our admission that we can't and that only he can That's what meaningful prayer is for. Time on your knees is the emptying yourself of pride. It is the emptying yourself of self reliance. It is emptying yourself of self sufficiency. And it is the opening up of your soul to the power of the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses. Jesus said, How? Number one, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses. Number two, to the end. Look with me at verse 6. We read, So when they, the apostles, had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, to help us with these verses, uh, allow me to clarify what the disciples are asking, what the Lord Jesus was saying in answer to them, and then also what that has to do with us being witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. So the apostles are asking the Lord, Lord, is now the time for the biological, physical, ethnic, bloodline descendants of Abraham to receive their national sovereignty and independence. Remember at this time, Israel and the Jews, they were under Roman occupation. And Jesus' answer is, leave that to the Father's timing. I have a mission for you right now, in the here and now. A mission that is global, not national, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the Earth, and is spiritual, not political. It's global. What did we read in Isaiah 49 at the beginning of our service? It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the what? For the nations. My salvation may reach to the end of the earth and spiritual one commentator says the reference to the holy spirit defines its nature the kingdom of god is his rule set up in the lives of his people by the holy spirit it is spread by witnesses not by soldiers through a gospel of peace not a declaration of war And by the work of the Spirit, not by force of arms, political intrigue, or revolutionary violence. And again, friends, it's the Holy Spirit that is needed for this global and spiritual conquering of the kingdoms of the world. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's primary role is giving glory to King Jesus. That's why we receive the Spirit. Friends, listen, the Spirit who indwells us, the Holy Spirit who we are baptized into when we are converted is the Spirit who exists to glorify Christ. That's why we were given the Holy Spirit. That is why we were filled and baptized with Him. If you're among the two or three Christians in the world who haven't this who haven't heard this illustration before, you're welcome. But for the rest of you, just bear with me. Some years ago now, J.I. Packer wrote, I remember walking to a church one winter evening to preach on Jesus' words, He, the Holy Spirit, shall glorify me. Seeing the building floodlit as I turned the corner, I realized that this was the ex- this was exactly the illustration my message needed. When floodlighting is Well done. The floodlights are so placed that you don't see them. You are not in fact supposed to see where the light is coming from. What you are meant to see is just the building on which the floodlights are trained. The intended effect is to make it visible when otherwise it would not be seen for the darkness and to maximize its dignity by throwing all its details into relief so that you see it properly. This, Packer writes, perfectly illustrates the Spirit's role. He is, so to speak, the hidden floodlight shining on the Savior. Or think of it this way, he says, it is as if the Spirit stands behind us, throwing light over our shoulder on Jesus, who stands facing us. The Spirit's message is never, look at me, listen to me, come to me, get to know me, but is always, look at him. See his glory. Listen to him. Hear his word. Go to him and have life. Get to know him. And taste his gift of joy and peace. And Jesus is saying here, once you are filled with. Once you are indwelt by. And once you are baptized into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be at work bearing witness to me through you. To the ends of of the world to the ends of the earth now friends again we are not apostles but the Holy Spirit's role has not changed and he has filled you for that role to show others the glory of Christ to say through you look at him see his glory glory listen to him, hear his word, go to him, have life, get to know him, taste taste his gift of joy and peace until the nations have obeyed exactly that. And one of my hopes for this series is for Jesus to lift and expand your vision for your life. Friends, for us to get to the end of this study and for you to think to yourself, I cannot go back to what I used to be content with. I can't go back. Maybe today you're like the apostles and your vision is too small. For them, it was national and political. And Jesus enlarged it beyond the nation to the world. and Not via political means, but from heaven sent means. And friends, if we will commit ourselves to being witnesses for Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness may well run and scream for their lives upon hearing of this church. Not because we are special, we are just raindrops. But together, the Holy Spirit can empower us To be a waterfall for the glory of Jesus Christ. Well lastly, until the end of the age. You will be my witnesses, Jesus said. Thirdly, until the end of the age. Look at verse 9. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight, And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Well, friends, no doubt if we had been there and witnessed this very moment, we too would have been those gazing off into heaven with our jaws firmly placed on the ground, amazed. Today though, we hear that word cloud and we don't think of very much. Clouds are basically nothing to us. But in the Bible, clouds symbolized the very presence of God. You remember, it was a a cloud that enveloped Peter and James and John as Jesus was transfigured before them. And what did they do? Well, they fell face down. They hit the ground. And it was a cloud that wrapped Mount Sinai in smoke as the trumpet blast terrified the Israelites and they withdrew and God spoke and God delivered the law. And here was the cloud that would be, quote, the chariot of his going as it will be of his coming. As one writer said, But these two men, who I think we can be pretty sure were angels, say to the apostles, now is not the time to be stargazers. Now is the time to be history makers. Someone said the vision they were to cultivate was not upwards in nostalgia to the heaven which had received Jesus, but outwards in compassion to a lost world which needed him. He wrote, it is the same for us. Curiosity about heaven and its occupants. Speculation about prophecy and its fulfillment. An obsession with times and seasons. These are aberrations which distract us from our God-given mission. Christ will come personally, visibly, gloriously. Of that we have been assured. Other details can wait. Meanwhile, we have work to do in the power of the Spirit. And, friends, since Jesus is coming back at an hour, we do not expect, in just the same way that he ascended, we must be his witnesses all of the time. It's sort of like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home, he puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the cock crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all stay awake. Any of you see any of the Winter Olympics? All the athletes, they have their competition date in the diary. And every day of their lives is lived in view of that date. They, they train in view of that date. They eat in view of that date. They sleep in view of that date. How much more ought we to be committed to being witnesses for Jesus when we don't have a date for his return? And if you do have a date for his return, please get rid of it in your calendar. You will be my witnesses, says Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit to the ends of the earth and until the end of the age. And I'd like to close this morning with four practical encouragements to help us get busy with this. The first is this know how the Spirit has gifted you and create gospel opportunities around your gift. The same Holy Spirit who baptized us, or we should say the same Holy Spirit into whom we were baptized, is the same Holy Spirit who gifts us. Some of you have been supernaturally gifted when it comes to hospitality. Use your gift for the gospel. Dave said recently, I'm confident as an evangelist out there, not as confident in here and up here. That's fine. We are all uniquely gifted by the same Holy Spirit. Others of you are strong leaders and the Holy Spirit has given you the gifts to lead groups of people through something like Christianity Explored. Do it. Whatever it looks like for you, Next, dream a dream for how you would love God to use you as a witness. Do, do you know how you would love for God to use you as a witness for Jesus? I know our plans are not often God's plans, but very often God's plans are greater and more exciting and more wonderful than anything we could hope, dream, or imagine, And so dream a dream as to what he might do through you. Next, schedule evangelism into your life. If you leave it to chance, it will not happen. Imagine one of the Olympic athletes praying for opportunities to train and hit the gym, but never actually scheduling training. What do you think would happen? I can tell you what would happen Or I can tell you what wouldn't happen. They wouldn't win any of the competitions. And here's my last word of encouragement for us all. Pray, 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 pray. You will be my witnesses, Jesus said, and that will happen after prayer. Amen.